Welcome back to the Kick and Post Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4, bringing on a dear friend of the podcast. We're going to go ahead and review the movie Us. We're going to try to get some more movie reviews in on the podcast in general, but here for the first one, first of many, Matt Avila. Yes, What's sir, good? Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Yes, yes. And we decided to go with Us because, you know, there's a couple layers of things we could talk about on this movie. Uh, we almost went with, what was the movie? That you rated 10 in no, your teen years? No, I didn't years. rate it a 10. This is the I end? rated it an 8. And you decided <laughs> you that that was an awful rating. What was the name? This, this is the end. This is, this the, is end. the end. Yes, you gave it You gave it to I rating. But to give a little background on Matt, over 100 movie reviews on IMDb. He likes to be modest about it. But he has gone through and rated quite a few movies, watched a few movies. So I feel like he'd be the perfect person to come on here and do some movie reviews with me. And let's hop right into us. What would you like to start with, Matt? Um, I mean, do you want to hop right in just to the rating and just see how we think about it? And then we can go into the details later. Is that what you're thinking? I'm down. What was your um, rating? Originally, I rated the movie an 8. Um, that was when I first initially watched the movie. But watching it again, obviously, there's a lot of things in this movie. So I noticed a few more things. I gave it, I, rated, I brought it up to a 9. I couldn't give it a 10. I brought it really? up to okay. What about you? I respect it. I respect it. I'm surprised you brought it up. I thought about it. I almost thought about doing like an 8.5 or something because 9 seemed a little high for me, but I don't like none of those point fives. Like, I'm either going to go 9 or go eight, 8, and I feel like I deserve the 9. Okay. I think I'd agree with the rating of a 9. Um, I didn't have it rated as a 10, but I'm not like a huge horror or thriller fan usually, but the movie made me think about a lot of either the subjects it was trying to present or a lot of the kind of like hidden messages that it dropped in my opinion i'm not sure if i'm even reading it correctly all the way but there are some messages i picked up on that made me movies that made me think like that always get a higher rating for me so i, I have it at probably a nine highest nine and a half and i think that's the same thing that's going on with me um the movie itself it, it is a you know a compelling movie and it's also really deep so i don't know if i've grasped everything in the movie um, but the fact that there's clearly a lot of effort put into it, there's a lot of symbolization, um, it's a really entertaining movie, um, so many things doing it for me that I, I had to bring it up to a nine. What, what's one of the biggest messages you think you've grasped from the movie as somebody watching it? Um, probably, how many times have you said you've watched this movie? Because I've watched it probably three or four times in my I've life. I've watched it most recently. three times today yeah i watched so you watched it yes. three okay. i didn't watch it today or the day before i did watch it sometime last week before um you went on vacation yeah we had to delay the this was supposed to be out like a week ago but we had to delay because i i was struggling with a couple things yeah. but um i mean the biggest thing i grasped is almost the same thing i grasped from the movie get out in a way i, I don't know I, I remember a lot of like the, the racially indifferences between it that i, I really noticed in the movie in my opinion okay okay so you you drew um you think it still had a lot of racial inequality undertones as relating back to Get I, Out. yeah i think almost i think jordan peele um kind of wanted this to be like in the same world as as get out a little bit well um i i kind of drew inequality but not so much racial because he made it on a pretty much a nationwide platform i have I, I rated it more as like 
the have and the have nots. And I think you know? that's more of um, what I'm saying. Um, I don't think maybe not the racially part yeah. of it, but um, the inequality and the privileges and all that kind of stuff is more and more what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, like based on how the people had to live underneath compared to the people who were living above. Yeah. Um, and then the big reveal where they talk about how she feels like it was an experiment that got abandoned. Um, which is pretty much how they script for the clones, but it's definitely like a, a story of, in my opinion, the have-nots coming and and taking advantage of what the haves kind of took for granted and kind of making a big display of that. But um, let's hop into the start of the movie, right? Uh, we have young Lupita. I'm not gonna act like I remember her character's name, but do you? I do. Her character's name is Adelaide. And her counterpart yes. is so Red. Young, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So young Adelaide at the carnival with her family. Uh, seemed like her parents aren't on the best of terms based on what I was noticing. Um, they're there for her birthday. Her dad and her mom arguing pretty much the entire time they're at the carnival. Um, which leads to eventually Adelaide straying away from her family. Heading down to the beach. Um, but before she gets to the beach... She walks past this character with long hair holding a sign that says Jeremiah 11 Which did you look up? I um, actually did not look that up. I did. You, I did. You know what it is? I have I have it right here. So it goes, the, that specific Bible scripture is, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape, and through they shall cry unto me, I will hearken unto them. Which means, pretty much all hell is about to break loose, and... I will not be coming to help you or save you. You're just going to have to face it, which in the grand scheme of things did <laughs> transpire. <Yes>. Everything <laughs> went to crap and there was no saving them. They just kind of had to experience it. So he dropped that nugget pretty early in the movie. Um, I wonder if he did that because uh, she walks off. He knew that, you know, we're going to be in the movie theaters and we wouldn't be able to like look it up right on the spot, but something to more look at later at a later point. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, he's one of the directors right now where he's sprinkling nuggets where you're going to have to go back and watch the movie twice to see all the little hints he was giving yeah. you, right? Because, of course, on first watch, there's a lot of stuff you will just watch on, like, a topical level. But when I went back and watched a couple times, you start seeing mannerisms or certain things that kind of, like, show, like, okay, something. He's trying to lead you in a direction before you actually get there. Yeah. Right? So he's smart with that too. She stumbles onto the beach. So he's smart what? With that. Oh yeah, one hundred. It's like it's the beauty of allowing you to have multiple watches of a movie. Like some movies are just so base level that you watch and you're like, okay, that's the gist. That's it. There's nothing else to it, yeah. right? While you go back and you'll start piecing together different aspects of this movie and being like, am I actually analyzing it right? Is there even more that maybe I'm missing? So like, I really like his way of directing in that way because it, it it allows me to like kind of just focus in every time I watch the movie yeah. um, to see if I could find something else that I might have missed the first time 100%. and then it sends me down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos which I did avoid this time I mean I, I looked at YouTube videos breakdowns. the first time I watched it um, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. the second time which was like last week I did not I tried to avoid it try to be only my opinion yeah, I skipped it because I have it on DVD and they started going into the director breakdown and I had to turn it off. I was like, I don't want to hear too much 
because it's gonna definitely alter how I talk about it. Um, but what did you notice? Okay, so she stumbled on the beach. Before she goes into the house of mirrors, do you notice anything about the house Ooh, of mirrors? What was the name of it? It was like Find Yourself. Is that the name of the um? So it was Shaman's Vision Quest. But the key thing is in a highlighter type, like a very neon flashing sign type situation. It said Find Yourself. I'm pretty sure in quotations and an arrow pointing yeah. in there which again another nugget dropped right because like in reality it's like oh you're just going in there to look at yourself in the mirror but she goes in there and quote-unquote finds herself her first interaction with red and then cuts to was it present day yeah immediately cuts to present day where they're going to the vacation home yeah crazy intro to a movie um, they did a good job of like not letting you completely see quote unquote Red's face or her shadow's face as the movie progresses and starts calling them the shadows. Um, but that opening score, because you're you're Mr. Score, you went ahead and figured uh, out what the score kind was. Of, kind of. I try, I try, I'm trying, I'm trying to get into that world. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Um, it was very uncomfortable to yes, listen to. Very eerie, and I think that's on purpose. Which is a good thing for uh, that. Very eerie. 100%. Uh, only bunnies were being shown in the opening which I relate back to experimentation when I see bunnies they're always like trying to test new product or if they're having some mind test thing it's usually bunnies or rats so that's where my mind went when I kept seeing the wall of bunnies and like a classroom for the opening and I, I thought this like um, when I first watched the movie and I, I'm really thinking that it's true but do you think that's like their force of, like their source of food like you're, they're eating the bunnies? I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, okay. Which we'll skip ahead. We'll bounce around. There's no like direct uh, rubric to how we're going to break the movie down. But when they first interact in like, I guess the first climax of the movie where she comes in contact with Red and um, they sat and talked in front of each other. Well, they didn't. They didn't talk to each other, but Red started break, going into her like breakdown of what her life was in comparison to Adelaide's. And um, she said when the girl had her meals warm and tasty, um, the shadow had a rabbit That's cold and right. bloody. I forgot about that. Part yeah. There. So it was it was their source of food. That's, that's um, <laughs> And when you saw the flashback of like the night they met at the carnival, which we're not going to go ahead and, and go too far to spoil that part, but it shows all the shadows pretty much imitating the upper level world. And they showed the scene of like the couple feeding each other the hot dog and fries. On the bottom, they were eating raw rabbit that was like still twitching. Right. So I remember seeing that, but yeah. I don't know Wild. why I didn't connect that too well. No, but I mean, you picked it up still. It was yeah. still there because you're like, you wonder if it was a source of food. It is. Rabbits procreate pretty quickly. So for a situation like that, it works perfect, perfectly for them. Um, they'll repopulate at a pace where they could keep up and keep eating rabbit. Um, but it's just wild that all of them kind of, quote unquote, stuck down there until they get direction. Um, did you on second or third watch pick up any like things that were happening out of the normal as they were progressing on vacation? I mean, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Adelaide looked very nervous. She doesn't want to go there. Um, but I noticed that right from the get. I think everybody should be noticing that. Um, yeah. I noticed that was different. But, 
Um, I actually am not sure. What did you say? She had a lot of she had a lot of anxiety about yeah. being at the beach, um, going to Santa Cruz Beach, um, and for somebody who had that experience, she seemed very fearful that somebody was chasing her. Um, that was something I drew. One thing I have to give my wife credit for that she kind of put me onto that I watched back this time and I noticed. Right, so you know when they were listening to I Got Five on it and they were riding to the oh, beach. Oh, I think I know what you're about to talk about. Yeah, and she was like, "Come on, snap she on beat." She wasn't snapping on beat. She wasn't yeah, snapping on beat. That. She couldn't catch the beat. Um, that was like a hmm moment, right? I didn't notice it at first, but my wife was immediately like, "She, how she teaching him to snap on beat and can't snap on beat?" Yeah, I'm not um, even lie. I did not notice it. I remember somebody telling me about that, and that's the only reason why I know about it. And then the last time I watched it last week, I actually paid attention to it because somebody told me, and I was like, "That's crazy." I actually I can hear it now. Yeah, right. That that part, I was like, "Oh snap, you're right." Um, the snapping on beat ain't ain't really fitting. Uh, other part that really threw her into a spiral. They pull up to the beach. The Jeremiah 11-11 guy had just been stabbed yes. and going into the ambulance, holding his Jeremiah 11-11 sign. Um, clearly, years aged since, I'm pretty sure it's the same exact dude from the opening credits when Adelaide was a child, yeah. so shows that he kind of just wrote that out. Um, they get to the beach. Another thing that was a, a red flag Adelaide trying to interact with her friend, well, supposed friend, uh, that her husband's also, I guess it's, it's her husband's friend, but it's his wife. Yeah. Her trying to interact with her and saying that I don't really speak. Another red flag. Um, and just how her mannerisms when it came to like enjoying things. She didn't drink alcohol. And if you go back to the initial scene where they were eating like burgers and fries or something at the at the cabin before they went out to Santa Cruz, she's eating strawberries. She didn't eat any of the takeout. And if you watch how she ate the strawberry, she picked all the hairs off of it and picked all the seeds Interesting. off. Interesting. I'm surprised you noticed that. I did not notice that. But I mean, now that you're mentioning it, it yeah. kind of makes sense. Because I mean, when they ate the rabbits, they... I'm took out the fur and everything yeah when she eats the rat it probably reminded her too much of that so she probably became vegetarian when she got to the upper world which okay we're spoiling it spoiler alert adelaide isn't really adelaide but you're not really you're not it's not obvious until the movie keeps progressing but you go back and watch a couple times you realize oh wait he's been dropping the nuggets the entire time yeah right so they get to the beach another thing to notice did you notice anything weird about the the younger brother, the little boy, while he was at the beach? Um, Jason. Um, yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, he he really flocked towards. Wait, did he like? Did he flock towards that um same spot that Adelaide went to, or I guess uh, Red technically? Um, or was it? He he kind of was drawn to he that. Was drawn area. towards it, but I definitely, you know, the guy or the tethered version of the Jeremiah eleven eleven guy. Mm-hmm. I believe, I mean, I'm sure that's the same person, the guy that's, like, the, the, begin, the beginning yeah, point of them stretching out their hands. Um, yeah, that's what I noticed. And I remember that little interaction with the little boy, he saw that. And I, remember, I remember thinking about that one. They also kept talking about how the way he was talking changed quite a bit. Um, and also, at the beach, as a young man, what would you usually build when you go to the beach? Castles. 
in, in the sand. Can castles, right? Things above ground. Sand castle, uh, house of some sort. He was building tunnels. Oh, he was? Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Who goes to the beach and builds tunnels? Yeah. Right? So that raises, that raises up a little bit of a question mark on that one. Yeah. So that happens. That breaks down. They leave the beach, which... I still don't understand how nobody noticed the tether guy standing with his arms out with blood dripping from his fingers, but I don't know, maybe Santa Cruz is just too busy. They go back home, the number 1111 keeps popping up. Also, to point out, uh, Jason points it out on the clock with no reason for him to actually point be pointing out 1111, um, which I kind of caught that as a red flag as well. Like, why is he so interested in like, look at the number? when his mom's panicking about it. Yeah, because we've we seen um, it so much. I mean, at that point, we saw it, you know, in the beginning of the movie, the older version when he was um, in going in the ambulance, and then at, then at that point. So mm-hmm. he really, you know, pressing on that level. Um, which, we've been skipping over her husband, but what is your take on uh, her husband in the film so far? What kind of character is he playing? I mean, to me, Winston... I haven't. I didn't really see much with him when it comes to like, you know, there might be some deeper meanings later. I, I, I'm sure there's something out there, but I didn't really notice it. But I really appreciated his character. That's what I will say. He was a comedic person. He brought some. Uh, I'm not a big horror person. I'm kind of. A, I'm kind of. You know, not in that that world. If I watch a horror movie, I gotta be with my friends or something. Um, and he helped. Yeah. He helped me get through that movie a little bit. So, um, what, what did you gather from him? Uh, he was very vain. Everything was about image, right? Oh, so right. he spent right. a lot of time complaining about his friend buying a new car or his friend flexing a new car or him having to buy a boat because his friend has a boat. Uh, when him and his friend have their first interaction, he's telling him about how he bought the boat and his friend's going back like, did you get everything for the boat? Did you get the flare gun? And he's like, ah, I didn't get a flare gun. So everything was about comparing. Yeah. And the biggest part is again the first climax of the movie where they're faced with literally themselves right and in the wake of all of that he still is concerned about belongings he thinks they're there to rob them or there for their money or he could go get the money he knows they don't want money so again all his focus is still on after her whole breakdown about being a shadow and them not having and them living in suffering and pain he didn't listen to none of that he still thought they were there for money they made him the most vain version of like a person they could to kind of harp him back to the fact that sometimes the people who are in a better situation or have um, better standing than the lower class can't see past uh, belongings. Because again, they're, they're, not, they're not focused on that. At no point during the whole invasion or them pretty much attacking them did they show any signs that this was about money everything was talking about condition and his mind was still going back to i could go to the atm and get y'all some cash so they made him very vain which i think was a good touch because even in the midst of everything he still kept going back to belongings that's a good point i mean it's something i mean i i noticed it in a way in a sense but i never really applied it to you know thinking about other things so that's actually a good point they really think about it though of course he provided provided the humor um which was needed in, in certain aspects of it because it got real, I guess, gory, but 
not overly gory. Yeah, I didn't think it was um, a really to, gory movie at all. I mean, it had it had. It had no, its, they didn't. They didn't shy away it, from it, blood. It had its moments, but I mean, it in way. the horror genre, I yeah. think it's pretty tame. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, horror thriller, like where it's usually about killing you, right? It wasn't like any decapitations or anything crazy yeah. like that. Um, but he did alleviate a lot of the, the pressure points in the movie where things were getting like real tense with just a, a tad bit of humor. Um, out of all the clones of the family, when they first interact, who gave you the most like eerie feeling? Um. Honestly, probably, probably Pluto, to be honest with you. I mean, his face being all burnt up. I mean, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. I don't know. He's like a little boy, so I, I don't know. He, he he seemed like the most crazy to me. You know, I mean, this man was playing with fire. Yeah, his, like, his, his the face, I mean, he yeah. even, he, I mean, I don't want to jump to it. But, I mean, he even blew up a car. I mean, he's done so many things in the movie that I don't think anybody else really was really about that life. Um, I mean, they were, but they weren't really going at that, that same level. So, I think Pluto was definitely the one that threw me the most off. What about you? Definitely the sister. Really? She looked creepy. The facial, the facial, just the consistent smile. Yeah, that looked creepy. Like, doing everything with a smile. And then when Red broke down that she was born laughing, that creeped me out. 100%. Um... And she was one of the only ones that attacked somebody that wasn't her clone, right? When she was standing on the car and the guy came out and was like, get off my car. She didn't hesitate to, to stab him. That's a good point. So it was like, she was one of the first ones that kind of showed me like, okay, even though this is meant to kind of get rid of your tethered, which they called it the, the untethering eventually in that whole breakdown, she was actually like enjoying the entire situation more than just being untethered but almost like you know kind of psychopathic like her, her, this is fun yeah her, right? her facial features with the whole smiling and everything was definitely creepy and the slick back yes. hair the only thing I, the only reason why to make her forehead like a six yeah, head the only reason why i didn't really put her in that category of where like i thought she was the creepiest is probably because of like the concept of her and the actual daughter and like the whole running thing like they're like these track stars mm -hmm. and like they were just running from the whole thing i don't know that to me to me it was like okay what do i find more scary like this whole running concept or this whole you know pluto fire concept even though the girl and the daughter looks really more creepy and she i mean you are right she was about that violence <laughs> she really pulled up on that one dude and did not care um but even though she was or when she was hanging from the tree and she and was laughing, laughing while bleeding 100 percent creepy um and now that the more you bring it up <laughs> she might I don't know, she might be up there now she might be on the, like the number two level three. but i don't know just it was different to me i mean the way he had the lighters the way he wanted to see the uh, the, the lighter trick that um jason was wanting to do the whole car scene and everything and it freaked him out yeah it did and the whole thing just kind of threw me off and that that's what resonated with me the most he did seem also like a little a little bit more animalistic than and the that others. might be why I put um, him in that category because he yeah. seemed like the the most I want to say like not normal because there are none of them are normal. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're you right. know what I mean. Like more like yeah, like you're right. I think you're saying the right word, animalistic. Yeah, he pulled like a kind of a savagery. Like he wasn't huge. Like all the rest you could see kind of being some form of human or you know just a little bit 
underdeveloped human. He almost seemed like he wasn't at all human. But I don't know. Things things in the movie progresses to the point where where you start to question Pluto a little bit. Um, what did you think about the family, the the white family that they were friends with, and how quickly Jordan Peele just kind of got him out of there in the movie? Um, question. You can you hit me with these good questions. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. Oh man. So um, I do have the names of the the, the, uh, the mom and the dad, Kitty and Josh. Um. Mm-hmm. I think, but I'm sure it's something to do with what we were talking about earlier with um, privilege and everything. Uh, I mean, the, the husband, when he was in the house and he was just drinking and listening to music and then the wife was telling him to check outside and all that kind of stuff. And they're just living in this life of no worries, no anything, no matter what's going on. Um, Putting on the music about good vibrations. Yeah. And, right. and right. that concept to me, I think was trying to resonate with the... Um, how some people, especially higher up people, maybe people that have already kind of like, they already have that kind of privilege in their life. Um, they don't have to worry about the, some, the same things that other people have to worry about. You know? If uh, a certain you know family might take it, they might hear something outside, they might react a lot differently than you know, that family right there specifically. Um, so that's probably what I got to from that. You're right, the two interactions, if you see how Lupita and her family reacted, well, Adelaide and her family reacted, when they heard something might be happening outside the house in comparison to, you're right, Kitty and Josh, where she was clearly distraught and he was just like, I don't really care about what you have to say. Um, and then by the time they took it seriously, it was too late. Yeah. I, I might be reaching a little bit, but I think Jordan also kind of pulled from horror movie stereotypes where usually the person of color goes really quickly he allowed for as soon as that family was faced with some kind of danger, all of them got wiped in less than That's two minutes. That's a good minutes. point. I mean, I think you're. I think you could be right. I mean, Jordan Peele would be the one that does that, something like that. So, yeah, to kind of like poke at that stereotype and be like, "Now nah, we're actually going to get them out of there first, rather than lose a character of color first in a quote-unquote horror movie." Um, but I agree. They were very privileged, again. And you, the joke of when she said, hey, Othelia, which is supposed to be their version of, hey, I'm not going to say it because I actually have one, <laughs> <laughs> right? To try to call the police. And it immediately plays, it immediately plays uh, Fuck the Police by NWA instead of calling the police. Yeah. It shows that, again, they don't even have to really deal with calling the cops because of their privilege. Yeah. So the thing had no inclination that they were calling about danger. It immediately just was like, oh, you want another song? Boom. Throws the song on. I thought that was a great touch as I thought, well. I think that might be one of my um, favorite scenes in the movie. That, <laughs> that was <laughs> hilarious. I will say that, like, I didn't really catch it the first time, but the second time I was like, I feel like that's what he's trying to do with that. Um, you notice the scars on Kitty's shadow's face? I did not. Oh, I didn't. So, that's the um, that's the um, the, the mom's friend, right? Or like the dad's friend, the dad's friend's. Wife. Yeah, it's the yeah. wife of Josh. No, I didn't yeah. notice it. So at the at the beach, Kitty talks to Adelaide about how she got some work done on her face to keep looking young, to keep youth, right? 
and how it's been helping like shave the years off and it's how she kind of like copes with aging um and tell Adelaide that she don't need all of that and then you see after Kitty gets wiped and her shadow is up in the room messing with makeup and stuff yeah that she is kind of still mimicking the trying to look better I don't know if it's for herself or for quote-unquote like her version of Josh but she's still playing in the whole idea of trying to mask her face or do something to her face to bring joy right so like there's a scene where after Adelaide and the family goes to go approach Josh's house and they realize okay they all got wiped Adelaide got captured there's a scene in the bedroom where Kitty's shadow was about to cut Adelaide and she didn't instead she goes in the mirror and cuts her own face and starts smiling I think it's a callback to Kitty and her obsession with plastic surgery to kind of like bring her happiness to make her feel young again so they kind of like threw that out there as like a thing like oh these tethers still take a lot from the upper level of themselves you know okay mr observant okay <laughs> i d- Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did I did not catch that, but I mean the more you talk about it and this other things that you brought up, I mean I think you're getting it right in the nose. Yeah. I think uh, you talked about your favorite scene. I think my favorite scene in that whole part is where she could see her shadow husband getting the mess beat out of him by um Winston. And she like does a fake cry and starts laughing. Cause again, it calls back to how frustrated Kitty is with her real husband Josh. And the shadow version sees her counterpart get murked and she like fake cries and laughs at him because she really can't stand him. Again, just just the dichotomy. Well, not dichotomy, just how similar the tethers are to the to the upper level was hilarious yeah, that, to me. No, that is funny. I, I did like that scene a lot. I remember laughing. Probably up there was one of my favorite but, scenes. Yeah. I thought it was just kind of wild that they wiped him out also the realization when they figured out that it was happening to everyone in america and you saw adelaide's face kind of like sink which again you don't know till the end of the movie but he keeps dropping nuggets to kind of show you like she is kind of sensing what's happening you know yeah like she's not completely oblivious to what's happening and just kind of like how her mannerisms change throughout the movie like when they were trying to leave the house and they left the key inside and she had to fight with the twin that didn't really die um and jason comes in and sees her beating the twin but also like almost like grunting like abraham grunts you remember who abraham is of course but she was like almost grunting while beating the twin in a in a kind of like animalistic way it's her kind of like reverting back to and i wonder if uh who she really Jason, is that's when he started thinking because i mean obviously at the end of the movie oh yeah um he had that one you know that one scene we're not gonna go into it too deep yet but um he did have that yeah. one scene and i wonder if that's like the starting point that he had or maybe even jason noticed it all the way when they were trying to do um, the on beat thing um interesting to see i feel like he noticed it for a while like i agree with you especially he made a face after he saw her grunting and beating her like that because everybody else's kills were like a little bit more reserved uh, or like especially winston (laughs) oh his all of his were like awkward those are those are (laughs) probably like what i would end up being just straight up maybe like a little bit of luck (laughs) just not awkward maybe 
that that was more like me. So seeing um, Adelaide do it the way she did it, I mean, it's a little bit. You started being like, man, she's taking on this a little <laughs> bit too easily. Like this is just becoming second yeah. nature, um, which leads to them leaving, eventually killing uh, the sister's shadow. Which again, another gem dropped right there. She pulls up to the sister's shadow, dying in the tree, and instead of like being overly aggressive towards her, she's like trying to console her as she dies. Yeah. Why do you care? Why do you care, Adelaide? Your real daughter's in the in the van. Yeah. What's the problem? Why are you out here like shh? Why don't you just whack her, right? But, again, we're not supposed to know yet. Or wasn't supposed to know at all. But upon second watch, of course, you're like, yeah, there's another sign. Um, They make it to... Which I thought they were going to their house. Because when they pulled around the corner after like driving for a bit, they said, oh, our car's on fire. But it was right by Santa Cruz Beach still. Yeah. Did, do they live by Santa Cruz Beach? I mean, I know they live close. I don't know how close. It, in the beginning of the movie, though, it almost seemed like it was a little bit of a trip when he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to the exactly. beach. Exactly. Um, so that's a good point. I wonder where they were heading. I wonder if they were trying yeah, to like, leave why, like, the whole area in general. Because I'm confused with the whole, hey, we're going on a trip out to our, you know, vacation home. We're gonna go to the beach, which is supposed to still be a distance away from our actual home. But when they leave and look like they're like trying to leave the country, I guess, or whatever the plan was, she said we should go to Mexico. They pulled by still Santa Cruz Beach, and their their personal car, quote unquote, is on fire. Unless the shadows drove their personal car out there and lit it on fire because they were driving Josh's car, which that just hit me while I was sitting here. Well, what is it? I mean, who was driving? Was it Adelaide? Uh, yeah, she hit switch and was driving um, Josh's car. Oh, I know they stopped. They stopped for a second, and that's when Pluto was messing with something in the bottom of the car, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, like, the car that was blocking the way was their personal car. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So I was wondering how it got there, but now that I'm thinking, they probably just drove it out there or rolled it out there. Or something, so they actually weren't by their house. The shadows probably just, you know, got their car out there in some way. Gotcha. But at first, I was confused. I was like, "Are they at their actual home? Like, how is their car there?" But upon further further thinking, it yeah, it picked up. It finally clicked. But like you said, Pluto. Now this is a part. Of, this is like a very, very like divisive scene because I got confused a little bit. This was one of the more co- complex scenes I feel like. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't think I have a good crash of this scene at all. But I am really curious to, I don't think I'm really curious either. to see what you say though. So like, he sets the trap, yep. right? He doesn't light the gasoline off top. She comes out and almost walks up to him in a very motherly fashion. Um, one thing I noticed, he's snapping on beat. I did not notice that. Well, <laughs> yeah, his snap was on beat, right? A whole different level right now. I respect. Him. Right. I mean, this time I was actually like watching closely for everything, trying to take a little bit of notes. That's what I should but have He was snapping on, right? No, 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 no. He was snapping on beat like to something that he shouldn't have been there for, yeah. right? 
so that threw me her care for him in that moment on top of how she cared for the other child that died in the tree was also kind of like confusing me a little bit because even even with the reveal what's her connection to them because she left down there years ago right and those technically aren't her kids but with pluto it seems there's a there's a there's a theory that something could have happened a year prior right yeah but we'll get into the theories well, a little later though. but so he's like I'm, i might but, be dumb by thinking this it's very possible but so the people up up top and the people that are down below the, what, what people do up top yeah. the people down below are trying to do so when any time like the family that's what i, I thought like but the family upstairs or up, up top Anytime they sit down yeah. and like maybe have a meal, or anytime they have any type of uh, interaction with each other, like a mom with her son or mom with her daughter, um, does that happen down below? Because maybe that's why. Well, I mean, she was a little kid though. At the time. He has the the snap on point. You're right. Wait, wait, wait. What's that last I part said, you well, said? I mean, they, they swapped her out when she was a little kid though. So that's and what I'm saying. I, I was right? on this on it for a second, but then now. No, but you're you're right though, because him snapping on beat makes more sense now. Because he did experience that with those people down below. Yeah. Right? So he did snap to whatever they were doing down, like, up top, down below. Um, but again, there's a theory that, like, Jason could be going through the same thing that Adelaide got revealed to be going through. Where he might have been swapped also. But that's a whole different thing. We'll go into that theory a little bit after. Um, what threw me is actual jason knowing real easily to just walk backwards and that the other one would copy his movements yeah which was the first time in the movie that another one copied like the tether technically copied the other person's movements to a t and it not be like underneath when the whole movie there was no way for them to like quote unquote control each other how did that happen to me i feel like that was somewhat of a plot whole because like they were never forced to follow each other while they were all up top right i don't know if they were like fighting the instinct to complete the mission but why in that moment would would he just magically be compelled to automatically follow his movie honestly it's very it's very confusing to me because it doesn't make sense and that's why it brings up a good point with maybe jason and pluto being swapped at one point just to kind of but at the end of the day it doesn't make sense because why does Adelaide and Red not have that same kind of thing going on so yeah where they control each other well what where Red well if we go back to how things are supposed to be um Red could control Adelaide but I feel like we well we know why Red we know why Adelaide can't control Red that gets revealed at the end right but the Jason situation still doesn't add up completely it doesn't when I'm watching the yeah, scene, I really don't even have an answer. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think right now. Maybe something. Maybe Jordan Peele. Maybe that's what he wants us to do. Is it not really make sense and look into it a little harder? But yeah, I'm not sure. That's one where I'm definitely gonna watch a few videos and. and I wonder if it has. I'm gonna have to, to investigate do with his, um, again. His like face, his burnt up face. I don't know. I, I know he loves fire. I don't know. He does love fire. Fire? Does he love? Does he love? But again, enough? he just starts backing up on the command of Jason back And at up. what point did Jason kind of show Pluto 
that like how did he notice that Pluto would do what he wanted? At what point did that happen? Again, like, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember know. seeing anything like that. So it's it's interesting. I still don't get how he knew to control the situation that way. Um, no matter what side, if Jason is actually Jason or if Jason is Pluto, it doesn't make how would they know that he would copy the move- movements in that moment and walk back into imminent danger when the whole time every shadow is starting to act on their own accord anyway? Right? It's weird. But oh. that scene leads to Pluto walking into the fire. Adelaide is super distraught by it. Again, why? We're supposed to be worried about your actual kids. Maybe it's an instinctive thing where it's like you have feelings towards them because they look like your kids. Maybe it's a thing where, as shown in the end of the movie, when it's revealed that Adelaide was actually red. Um, actually, that I, she. I thought of something. What? Correct me if I'm wrong. I might be going a little crazy. This one. It's going back to the Pluto thing. Um, <laughs> but it, would you, do you think it has anything to do with the the mask? Because remember when they were in the closet and they took off the mask and didn't they have like a moment that was very yeah. similar? So yeah. maybe seeing each other's faces, like the real, the real, like their real self, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, it would make sense because when he did the backup thing, didn't he like pull his mask down and then the other Pluto pulled his mask down? Yeah. And then they mimicked each other, pretty much doing the yeah, same in thing. The closet. Maybe something, maybe it's a drawback to, you're right, the mask thing, and then, I'm still confused as why he would just walk. It, it's confusing, but I, I think we're getting somewhere when it comes to the mask part. Maybe it's like, maybe you see your, when you see your other person, or you see the real, the real them, you're going to copy them. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just a, a specific thing for Pluto and Jason. It's interesting. All right, but sorry, sorry to Maybe it's because they're, like, super young and... Maybe that tether is a lot stronger at a younger age and you can't really pull away while when you're older and you're able to be trained up a little bit more, you can kind of instinctively pull away from your tether. Yeah. You know? Not necessarily have to be as in tune as say Pluto is with uh Jason. Plus they seem to have a connection because instead of having Pluto just straight up murked Jason. Yeah. She sent them to go, quote unquote, play. They, were, they weren't on spot like everybody else was. Yeah, there's. They were supposed. They were playing. She told them to go play, yeah. right? So. I mean, but I, that, I mean, um, then again, though, I mean, you gotta look at Adelaide and Red when they had their first interaction. So it's just. <laughs> and weren't they around? What do you mean, like when, when they, they first interacted with each other? In the, and in they, the... they turned around. They looked at each other. They didn't have. They didn't really have a moment. It was just, it was just I mean, Red getting, getting whooped, and Adelaide was a uh, swapping. I mean, unless did you see something there? What, like when they were kids and they first interacted? Yeah, because I mean, you were saying that with Jason and Pluto, like maybe when they're younger, you know, they might be a little bit stronger and tether wise and all that. But yeah, because they when they interacted, it wasn't on the same kind of like, in my opinion, unless they actually swapped the year before, like a lot of theories have said out there. Um... I don't think they were on smoke like that, yeah. right? It, it sounds like they played in that little closet the year before as well, and maybe things got a little bit testy, and that's why each of them are scared of being in the closet in the dark by themselves. Um, but it's not like Adelaide and Red's interaction, which, again, at the end of the movie, they do the big reveal where when they turned around, actual Red choked out Adelaide, brought her to the, to the underneath, chained her up, and then left her. Did you notice that... Right? Um the handcuffs in the movie 
Yeah, same handcuffs. Which, it's a good touch <laughs> to bring it back and, and force it on the actual yeah. red. But I think it was just like a little thing. I was hoping to catch you on that one. Maybe I'll get another one. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, they're still like... We're kind of moving through the movie low key, but there's still a lot of stuff that happens in the well, breakdown, which I feel a little bit bad. I kind of like just completely overstepped the speeches that Lupita had to give as Red and just her commitment to drowning out the voice, like taking out the voice, making it very ev- evident that Red wasn't using her vocal cords that much underneath, right? Yeah the hoarseness in her voice because she's not really using it and to make the decision as an actress to go that deep into the character and oh yeah shout, sh- make you know yeah. shout what? out to Lupita she's she yeah. a great actress been in a lot of good movies yeah I'm looking for any other project that she did she releases to be honest she showed me a lot in us exactly and, you know she had that lead role she had two different people to play as I'm sure it took a lot of time and effort you know in this movie, she has some mm-hmm. other good movies, but this movie really kind of opened my eyes to Lupita, so. To what she could act, like, just, yeah, the skill. Yeah. And having to play two characters simultaneously. And, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, compare actors and actresses in this movie, but by far the best performance in the movie was Lupita. By, by oh, far. yeah. She was asked to do the most. Every other character, their character had no lines, their character had grunts, because, of course, none of them actually know how to speak because they didn't learn language. Which should have been another giveaway throughout the movie that Red could speak English. And I'm well. sure you notice as well. And I mean, the reason why Red can't speak very well is because, you know, Adelaide choking her out. Well, yeah, yeah, that as well. But also, she not, she didn't use her vocal cords on it. Who's she talking to? It's true. It's true. Probably a good mixture so of just, them, yeah. Yeah, if you don't use it, you're not gonna have a good, like, a strong voice box. Yeah. Um, vocal cords i should say um but her being able to speak should have been an immediately draw to be like okay why is she so much different than the others you know but first watch i didn't put two and two together I, of course afterwards you're like yeah that makes a lot at of at first sense. i thought she was like oh, oh she's just like the leader <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. which i'm sure everybody <laughs> kind of thought that at first what's another like okay so we were on the scene where pluto walks into the fire um, Jason gets taken by Red, which her hiding in the red, in the in the paint of the red car, elite. I mean, elite. An- another spot. thing about that scene, that. Uh, my boy Winston, uh, dad, dad of the year. Um, come on now, what are we doing out here? <laughs> this man was struggling, bro. Which another thing, he is not a strong male character. He, in the movie. he tries. I think that's on purpose. He tries, but he's not. Nah. <laughs> In the relationship, he's not wearing the oh, pants. No. Like he's like, we're gonna stay here. We're gonna ride it out. We have everything we need here. And Lupita said, "You're not making no decisions no more." It, rightfully Excuse so. Me? That man did not make any good calls throughout the movie. That man, he that man was willing uh, to let Zora drive the car before him. Like, yeah, because <laughs> of a knee. Me. I don't even know if Which, it was like his dominant knee, but I, me personally, I don't care. Like I'm driving. <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, right and. In comparison to the Winston, his kind of part Abraham or Abraham, however they pronounce yeah. it, even though he was more strong, like physically strong, he still wasn't the lead in the he family. Was like a, he was just that a was clearly head. Red. Yeah, he was just a meathead. It, Red was still the lead, yeah. right? So they did a good job of having that carry over as well. 
um, which I enjoyed quite a bit. And I, I thought if, I, I thought I found that it, they didn't like straight too far. I found it funny too with with the Adelaide when she was like when she saw that um, um, Jason was gone, <laughs> and this man uh, yeah. Winston was just looking around like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> he didn't like he had no he like, had no man, urgency that's... or nothing. He just was like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, shoot, J- Jason. Oh man, lost him. My bad. <laughs> so we go from there. What's after that? Couple, another couple. What's up? What's after that? Oh yeah, that's right. When um, what's it called? Winston. She goes into the. And Zora goes like the ambulance thing or whatever, and then she goes down there. Yeah, they go to the ambulance and see more of the people with their hands across, well, hands connected. It's interesting, uh, it, right? Yeah, and it's also interesting about the whole hands thing. And like how did you? I actually saw. I know I kind of messed up here, but I actually watched an interview with uh, Jordan Peele, and it was just a little thing. And he said that he saw that um, the hands across America, like it's just a random ad on YouTube. And that to me is just kind of crazy. Like he just grabbed the random YouTube video, turned it into a great movie. Shout out to him. Isn't that yeah. wild? And do, if we're gonna talk about the hands across America, it's a callback again to show you that. Red is actually Adelaide because at the beginning of the movie they show Adelaide watching the Hands Across America yep. ad on TV. Also, Red has a Hands Across America t shirt um, the entire time, right? Yep. And it becomes the centerpiece of how she's going to sh- do her display with all these tethered people is by creating a huge moment by actually having them cover America hand-in-hand hand as clones to make a statement on what she's trying to show, which is bringing light to these people who've been in the darkness however many years. Who knows how long that that experiment was going on. Generations is what she said in her other speech that we're about to come up on. Yeah. So, she goes on the hunt for her son Jason, right? Mm-hmm. And first thing I noticed, Ride's still there, Different name, of course, but the only thing that hasn't changed is the Find Yourself, um, which was shown on the first time when they showed it when they went back to Santa Cruz too. But just still hilarious that they changed the whole ride but kept the same Find Yourself sign, same arrow, um, all these years. She walks in there, and for somebody who doesn't know what's going on, she finds the room that leads to the other back room that leads to the escalator pretty quickly. Right? Like, no stumbling. She's like, okay, this is the door. This is where I saw her. Boom, no door. Struggling. Walk here. Okay, boom, here. Immediately goes down the escalator. Right? Which at that point, I'm like, okay. Which one thing is also Could interesting have been to me is, I mean, she only left one time. I mean, do you think your memory works that well? So do you think that she left multiple times? I think she walked that path up a couple times, but couldn't walk out, if you know what I mean. Okay. Like I feel like she had interactions where she made it a certain amount of the way up, but didn't walk all the way out. Um. But she makes her way in there mad easy. Um. Also throughout the movie, right? So we went from animalistic kill of the twin, right, to her aggression just being more and more throughout the film. Um. To her walking down into that hallway. She's doing a little bit more grunting instead of, you know... It's interesting because, I mean, you pointed out that she was uh, very, you know, 
in touch with um, Umbre or Zora's, you know, counterpart was in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's putting a lot of effort and a lot of, you know, thought into Pluto. Not Pluto, um, Jason. So it kind of yeah. calls back to maybe whether or not Jason and Pluto got swapped at Just something. You're right. She just is doing a whole lot that makes you think, okay, why is she like slipping into the savagery? I get it, she's like trying to get her son back or protect her family, but it's almost like in the comp she's compensating a little bit over the really, top. Like I didn't notice this. I don't know I'm not sure if you did, but did she really react to Pluto getting in the fire? I don't remember. Yeah, she was like, No, like don't like she she flipped out a little bit. She didn't want him to walk himself backwards into the fire. So it did affect her. Because she was trying to, like, stop him from walking into the fire. I remember, um, I, I forgot whether or not she reacted to it. Because I remember her almost immediately going to, where's Jason? Um, so I'm not yeah. sure how much she went Because it would have been interesting if maybe she didn't really react that much to Pluto dying. And yeah. then, you know, immediately went to, where's Jason? That would have been interesting. You're right. She showed she showed enough emotion where it's like, okay. Um she did which again still bothers my mind how that whole storyline is to play out. Again I'd have to see more stuff on it, but I didn't wanna taint my opinion of it this time. I think I went back and watched a bunch of stuff about it when I initially watched the movie, but this time I tried to go clean slate with it. Yeah. So what? I'm just gonna have to leave that one in mystery. Um well, I'm leaving a mystery. So for, she walks for down. <laughs> After this, I might be I'm gonna be on YouTube. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely gonna remind myself what the theories are and why things connected the way they did. I think there's still a plot hole though with the control aspect because it wasn't. I I don't think it's a plot hole. I think that it's just something that we don't we don't realize yet. I I don't think Jordan I don't think Jordan Peele put that in the movie for no reason. I don't think he made a mistake like that. I think he I think put something in there for a reason. Maybe I get that. I get that, but that's a significant. We'll, part. We'll, again, we'll have to we'll have to see why. We're not right? going to get the answers because yet. I thought We're have to wait. Yeah. no, because they show parts where, like, of course, the the tethered were copying underneath, but for them to either train themselves out of copying or, like, for example, Red being the chosen one, which again we're getting to that, but the reason she was able to do stuff that wasn't done by her upper part is because she was actually the upper part. Right? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? 100%. Like, she wasn't mimicking Adelaide up top because she was actually um, Adelaide. But in the same breath, how was Adelaide up top not mimicking everything Red was doing underneath when they swapped? You get what yeah. I'm saying? It, it, like, how did that not happen? A lot of question marks. 100%. And I, I, I yeah, want answers. So, You're supposed to be the one that has the answers. Yo, we get all that? I don't want to call it a plot hole, but I feel like I watched something that explained why red actual red who took adelaide's place was able to develop her own movements and not mimic red underneath yeah right yeah which maybe dancing was how she kind of figured her way because they make that be a real connecting factor um but anyway she walks into the underground of the find yourself ride which after many years different names but still has a find yourself um gets under there Runs into Red in the classroom, cutting out the hands across America kind of thing. Um, and then she makes a huge point to cut the arms apart to show that they're not connected anymore. 
um, gets into her speech about experimentation that got abandoned and all these people being left down here for generations, which Red never reveals that they were swapped. That's interesting. Do you think? Do you think it's a it's a case where she just got to the point where she knows she doesn't have to say it to her because she knows? Or it's a situation where both of them have it as a memory that they've blocked. Are you sure she never mentions it? She never says it. Because I was looking out for it. She never says it. She never says we got swapped. Like I remember, she just keeps taking... I feel like I remember like a point where she didn't really mention it, but she kind of hinted towards it. In the initial speech that they had, she kept talking about being the shadow. She never once says, oh... You took that away from me. You were the shadow and I wasn't, you know. Um, And then in this second speech, which I I was watching for it closely because I'm like, the reveal is coming. The reveal is coming. Even in my notes, I wrote big reveal. And then I was like, oh, snap. It actually isn't here. I wonder Um, if it's something to do with they're trying to stick to their person, like person compared to the other people. So, like, for example, Adelaide doesn't want to talk about it because she doesn't want you know, gave Jason Azora to know who she really is. And I wonder if Red does the same thing because she doesn't want, which I know they don't really talk and they don't have a lot of things going on, but they don't want Abraham or Pluto or Umbre to, to think that she's something different. I wonder if it's something like that. Maybe, but they were in a room by themselves this time, you know? That's true. Like if there's ever a time to like drop the big bomb, like I remember that you took my life away from me and took my place up there and forced me to live your horrible shadow life that would have been the moment but she didn't yeah she talked about how um when they both danced quote-unquote that's when they accepted her as like their savior the gift and she knew she had to save these people from what they're experiencing down there which i guess they saw her dancing and realized hmm maybe she's not completely copying somebody like her motions are not as robotic as ours. Maybe something clicked with a tether down there, but it was in that moment where they kind of took her on as like a leader. But she never once goes, "I know what you did." Or no, you mentioned it. Anything I mean, like it's that. interesting. And, and like I said, I wonder if it is something like she's just trying to be loyal to her people and she doesn't want to bring it up. But then, like you said, you know, she was by herself. If she was going to drop the bomb at any point, that was the time to drop it. So. I don't know. I mean, I might be also one of those things that's been such a long time that, I mean, you just kind of tell yourself, this is who I am. This is what I am. Yeah. You know, you may remember, you may recall the the past, but I mean, she was young. She was like a little five-year-old girl. I don't know about you, but I don't remember nothing. She was really, really young when it swapped. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Wait, you don't remember anything when you were five? I do not. Really? That's surprising. I, mean, I have that. I have bad memory. That's why I have to write down all the actors' names and stuff because I, I, I wouldn't be able. You'd be like uh, Gabe, and I'm like who? <laughs> so like I also have to get that stuff written down. So I'm not gonna say I have like vivid memories from when I was five or anything, but I could piece together certain things. But I could see how, at her age, that could be something she just erased yeah. or blocked. Because you know, why would you ever want to reconsider? that this wasn't what you were living the entire time. Yeah, and I think the only thing that she might have like a faint memory of it, but a faint memory isn't gonna overcome the what twenty years of being down there. You know, so I think she just yeah, kind of accepted yeah. it and moved on. 
maybe not moved on all the way, but she just like accepted it and was like, "This she is who definitely didn't move on because she plotted this whole untethered." Yeah, that's true. She she didn't <laughs> so. move on, but she she probably accepted it and was like, "You know what? This is who I am now." So she's like, "This is what I am, and I'm gonna try to change my situation. I'm not just gonna make it a situation where it's like, oh man, I'm a harping on Embiid out here and be sad." Yeah. Um, one thing about the big speech that I that I wrote a note about. Um, was that close-up shot of her face with Adelaide in the background holding the weapon. I thought that was a cool shot, you know? And also very eerie and creepy. It you was, know what shot I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a very yeah. eerie um, scene, but I really liked it, <laughs> just like you. I thought it was really Yeah, weird. I thought the shot was so dope. Yeah, I was like, that's an interesting I wrote, way of doing that. I wrote, the close-up shot is beautiful, but adds so much discomfort. <laughs> Like, it's a good shot, but the whole time I was uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like she but knows that she was there, that was, the way that it's, like, paneled and everything. Yeah, it was really good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and her face. Wow. So close to the camera. Um, yeah. Yeah. So she does her little speech, then talks about uh, the dancing, and then, again, shows how fluid her movements are in comparison to all the other shadow people when she starts fighting uh, Adelaide right yeah. and you see Adelaide become the clunky one Adelaide swinging and missing Adelaide kind of aggressively grunting and attacking in a very shadow like way very, while very, Red very is moving with fluidity way. and what? tethered way yeah in a very tethered way while Red is moving with like fluidity and it's easy to her she's dodging slicing you know for somebody who's supposed to be controlled by the other the movements are real easy for her yeah. right well Adelaide's the one struggling and then the big climax happens they get into the bunk room where Adelaide was initially chained and left I think she actually killed her on the bunk bed that she was chained and left on like really red killed Adelaide on the bunk bed that she was chained and left on in that same if that's room. the case nah you did I'm pretty sure that's how it went down. Um, also, what's it called? Red, which is actually Adelaide. Red tries to hit the little whistle that she hit when they initially met in the Hall of Mirrors at the end. And Adelaide, which is actually Red, wants to hear none of it. Puts the, puts the handcuffs around her neck and breaks her neck. No remorse. No, ooh, I feel for what you went through. Just, again, an animalistic, you're trying to take what I have away from me, and I'm going to put a stop to it. And then the laugh and grunts she lets out after she kills Red, quote-unquote, real Adelaide, is another, like, final harp call. If they didn't give you that ending scene of her remembering switching with her, and he just left it open-ended, there would be everyone being like they definitely switched when they interacted because that grunt and the animalistic laugh and then her having to realize wait i kind of have to go back in the character when she went to go look for jason again perfect little nuggets dropped but also just the way lupita executed that scene amazing yeah the way she the way she did the sound effects and laugh, yeah impressive and but go ahead honestly i forgot <laughs> <laughs> you and that memory. Yeah, that memory. But the memory could kill you. She pop open the locker door. Do you 
remember Jason's interaction with her after that? In the locker door? Yeah, so when she finds Jason's in the lo- in the locker, like, hiding. And you would expect Jason to fall into her arms, be like, oh, thank God that mom saved me or whatever. Do you remember that interaction? I, I do not. No. So, for a scene that was leading me to believe, even after watching it for, like, the third time, and I knew it wasn't going to happen, I still have this, like, innate feeling inside that he's going to fall into her arms and be like, oh, thank God that you saved me from Red. Complete opposite. She pops open the locker. He kind of comes out a little bit. She tries to, like, console him. He's being distant and, like, not really wanting to embrace her. And she's like, it's okay. Everything's all right. It's going to go back to normal. And he shakes his head no. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's at that moment, it's like, ooh. Like, he's seen enough. He's heard what just happened. He saw how you interacted with the quote-unquote shadow. He heard the shadow trying to, like whistle and not completely be animalistic in the way she died but heard how you reacted when you killed her and how much of a savage you were and i think it just keeps piling on to what he was seeing or what he already knows but was trying to avoid throughout the especially the back end part of the movie you know but yeah there was no embrace there was no thank goodness mom saved me it was just kind of distant and then they struggle their way out, which they just rush to the part where they get to the ambulance. And then the final scene where she's sitting and driving and he kind of gives her a side eye look. And then they drop you into the beginning of the movie again, which shows that it wasn't just an interaction, that it was actually a swap, that Red and Adelaide flipped the names, right? That reveal and him kind of like side eyeing her and knowing her secret but then just putting on his mask kind of like metaphorically but also physically like okay we're just gonna pretend like none of this ever happened I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this mask on from a physical standpoint and probably an emotional standpoint and just let's move on because you're all i got now and this is it like it's almost like a moment of you like won acceptance yeah exactly like you can be you can keep being you're who at, you yeah. are but i'm gonna put this mask on and Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to be who you are. I'm not going to be who I am. We're just going to operate within the parameters of what we are for this family now. But we both know the truth about either each other or just Adelaide. Actual only Adelaide now. Adelaide slash Red. Yeah. Um, beautifully executed. I feel like it could have been a longer movie, movie but it, it's probably good that it wasn't. Yeah, movies like that, um, I've always been, I've always felt like it shouldn't be too much. You don't want to give too much away. You almost wanted to leave like a little yeah. bit like a like a cliffhanger and all that kind of room stuff. for analysis. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't want to give talk. the answers because if you give the answers, we, we wouldn't be talking about this like this. Yeah, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be that much to if everything was just face value. There wouldn't be that much to get into and break down. I feel yeah. like well, a little bit still, but um, one thing I will say is even though actual Adelaide but red you know tethered well actually untethered red you know nappy headed red Um, as opposed to dread headed red uh she got her point across even though she died um the entire world knows now about the tethered with their stance of the hands across america campaign that they did um movie ends with them panning out with all these tethered's going across the mountains hand in hand 
so she got her point across got them out into the open allowed them to be seen um which on a more i guess political level it's like the underprivileged finally got their voices heard even though they had to kind of be really aggressive about it um they forced everybody to kind of see what they were dealing with on a very topical level because they don't obviously not everybody understands where they came from it, it got said in the news report when they first started realizing it was happening everywhere that they kind of came from the sewers but it brought more attention to those that were underprivileged and i think jordan peele did a really good job of throwing in those undertones and those under messages with just the sheer like thrill and action and somewhat horror because just the idea of you having to face yourself is scary in itself and so i think, I think, I think he executed people, very well some people would say that's like the scariest thing to do is, is face yourself to some people yeah so I, I do really appreciate his direction in this movie i i definitely after watching got a new appreciation of the film after watching it a few times um definitely a nine and a half i like that it starts off he starts the movie off with the hands in america thing it's just like a thing that could without watching the movie would be like oh it's just a filler but then he ends it and shows how big of an effect it had on a five-year-old who got her life stripped away from her from pretty much her direct clone and how she rode with that you know the one thing she could grasp and remember from being at the above world is that commercial and that t-shirt and she used that to plot pretty much this huge movement with all these people who were left in the in the underneath to rot yeah which may i say they didn't even do a good job locking them away like they y'all didn't even lock the door when you left i think maybe like, i think they put a lock on the outside of the they maybe thought was like the thought process was they're not going to be smart enough to do stuff like that but even then like i wouldn't if you're if you're but you left them with an escalator that was on and it, it looked like a nice little area right there you know that little escalator part electricity was still yeah, running was nice like what you didn't even bro even with all of that a lock on the door costs like 20 yeah. bucks yeah even just like a little like, even you could just lock like the a door little from bit the outside lock, like a little five dollar lock i think that could have been good enough to stop them from doing it <laughs> exactly she'd make it up to the top door would be locked oh man gotta go back down yeah but because of a five dollar investment you were willing to make millions of people died yeah which i mean you might not want to call it a plot hole but in real life, there's no way they leave that entire underground situation without a lock on every door that leads out. Even if it's in a quote-unquote find-yourself mirror game thing. And I, and there would have been a lock on the inside of and that. And I think that's the reason why I gave it a 9. is because I, I can't really go back and, and pinpoint certain things, but there's just certain things that just didn't really add up. Or I feel like it could have been, you know, just wasn't really too realistic. And I don't like to go in too in-depth with, oh, this is realistic, this is not realistic. Um, because at the end of the day, it's a movie. You know, you're supposed to you know, just enjoy it for what it is. Um, but at the same time, like what you're saying about the lock thing, like come on, we could have, you know, maybe added like an extra scene in there, where like it, it makes it somewhat of a struggle to get out. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, I actually do have a question for you that I had. Yeah. Why do you think the IMDb rating is kind of low? Why do you think it's not as great as it is? What was the MDB rating? Uh, like a 6.7, 6.8. Really? Yeah. And, get out, and to give um, you a reference, Get Out was a 7.8. I think because when he came out with something like Get Out, everybody was leaning into the direction that it was going to be something very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and unfortunately with expectations higher expectations the the criticism is going to be a lot stronger and i'm gonna admit i was one of the ones who was experienced expecting something similar to get out not a part two but not something so drastically different and just the way some things piece together people some people are disappointed and just some of the complexities of it and again us explaining parts that we still don't understand after rewatching the movie unless we go back and rewatch a video to, to have somebody else explain it some people are not into all of that yeah, right true. like you can't explain how adelaide actual adelaide was down there and operating by herself right mm-hmm. but not affecting the one above to make it clear that everybody that to make it clear to everybody upstairs that something's clearly wrong right yeah there should have been some something some connect there it shouldn't have been as easy as as soon as we switched and i choke her out i could completely control myself which i think what they're saying is red was already special before she came in contact with adelaide if you get what i'm saying yeah like she was slightly different from the other tethers yeah and that's the only way i could see it working out i mean and if but, you look i mean she had a whole family i mean i don't even know if you can how do you how do you think they produce kids well they she explained that in the how, thing how was it? when when um what so how was it like how did they do yeah. it is that i think I well they're that. mimicking so like when they when they're like when so, they're going at it the tether they're going at it yeah uh, yeah but again Adelaide wasn't actually she was the original she wasn't actually the tethered so I don't understand how she had no control over anything unless she was she wasn't directly mimicking but she was having to just deal with some of the experiences for example she said when the young girl found a handsome prince um, I found well Abraham and found me and I had no choice in to love him or not because he was the prince's tethered, right? So maybe when things were passionate and happy for them upstairs, she was just, you know, not having a fun time with Abraham and having to deal with the same repercussions. Um, hence her saying when the girl up above had Jason, they cut her open to get Jason, so she had a C-section underneath she had to cut herself to mimic that mm. so yeah <laughs> kind of wild what you say i didn't think about that yeah so yeah all of them down below are living again the the more basic tethers they're just copying 95 percent of the time is what it sounds like but because red and adelaide are different i guess Adelaide more experienced the mimicking instead of having to actually mimic and I guess Red had enough personality herself hence her switching out with her and being able to like you know do her thing up there just being very awkward like not speaking much um, being vegetarian without any explanation um, all that other stuff but again I'm not going I rated a nine and a half because I was able to go back and analyze and it, it kind of made my brain work while I watched the movie but I could easily see how somebody could be like, bro, there's too much and there's too much to analyze and there's too much that doesn't completely run smoothly to lead to a point. 
you have to try to piece things together and you might not be 100% correct and then somebody else could give you an idea on it and they might have 75% of it right but have 25% of it wrong and not everybody's down with that. Get Out was very forward. It was very obvious and even though it had small parts where you're like, how did that work? It was very straightforward. This is happening. They're doing this. Um, they've been doing this to these people for this long. You're trapped in that situation. You need to get out. Yeah. That's it. And I, and I agree with you. Well, this one, we're still trying to figure out why things aren't adding up all the way. And it's years. And I have this movie on DVD. And without watching follow-up videos, I still can't figure it out on my own. And, and I agree. I agree with what you're saying about that. I think a lot of people don't love the having to think about it part. Um, and, and, I, and I understand that not every movie you want to kind of dissect. Um, I know going into it that it's a Jordan Peele movie. And I was so impressed with Get Out enough that I was willing to go into a movie theater and even watch it after that and, and do a review on it. So, um, but not everybody's on that same type of level. So I think, I think that's the biggest reason why it's very low. I think if everybody was to have that kind of same mindset of, you know, kind of look into it a little bit, even if it's just to watch one YouTube video afterwards, I think that you could honestly get to like a more of like a nor more seven point eight like Get Out is, um, and yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why Which there's per- a movie that I think I told you about not so long ago. There's a movie called Enemy with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I think that's why that movie is rated Enemy, like yeah. a six point seven because it's such an in depth movie that it doesn't even really make sense. You have to kind of it's even more in depth than us in my opinion. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons. Which is one I still have to watch. Because you told me it was kind of a, a, a brain jerker, and I'm, I'm about that. So. It, it is a brain jerker. I actually really want you to watch it. I don't know if we, we should like talk about it, but I don't know if I'm confident enough to talk to that, talk about that movie um, because I don't even really get it still. Um, but it is definitely a very interesting movie. So, and that's one of the reasons why. Talking Jake Gyllenhaal, I'd love to do Night Stalking. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. I really like Nightcrawler. Yeah, that was I, was like, a, I think I rated. What did that, that one was that wild. One? You rated it pretty high, but I like that one. It's not even so much about um, we wouldn't really be getting into too much analysis. It's just about how Jake Gyllenhaal played the character. Yeah, and I think I feel like would be more of what we would do. Different movies, I think, will have different you know types and even lengths. I think this is a movie. That's one of the reasons why we're over an hour is because it has so much in the movie that it's um, you know you so much to talk about in one little thing. When it comes to, like Nightcrawler, you're more just talking about performances and. Um, what you think about the character and, and that's really about it so there's nothing really to dive into too much um, did I give it a 10? you said I gave it a 10? no I said you gave it a high score I don't know exactly how much you gave it but I know the score was high interesting oh, I think I gave it like a 9 I think I think it was a 9 which another movie that was uh, a Shutter Island I think you talked about yeah, I said we should get into that one, but that one again I've watched once. I'd have to watch again. Um, I don't even remember what it was like the first time I watched it. I might have to watch it a couple of times before we talk about that one. But I know I was just really blown away by where it went when I watched it the first time. So yeah, had me I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> um, a, a lot of stuff, a lot of movies out there to pull from for sure. But um, going back after a full analysis of this one, would you give this one like? So you're saying IMDb's wrong. Would this be one that you'd have like in your collection of movies that you would watch again, right? Yes, I would. 
Yeah. I, I didn't give it that. So if you're starting a collection on your PC or your Mac, because we don't really do DVDs like that anymore. Yeah. But if you were starting a collection, this would be one that you'd want as part of your collection to go back and revisit. I mean, as of right now, any Jordan Peele movie I want, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of why I stand on that. Um, I gave it a nine. Which you might have I... to pull up to the theater when they drop. Nope. I might have to. 100%. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, I gave I mean I've given a lot of other movies higher ratings than than us but at the same time not every movie is like us and I really like Jordan Peele and I want to support him so yeah I'd, I'd, I'd add it to my collection would you? I rock with it I mean I you give it 9.5 well I mean I already have the DVD oh, so what well, if you didn't one. have the DVD right that was one yeah I would I would definitely I remember being blown away by just where it went um, the twist, um, watching it again, the twist wasn't that hard to find, but as a first time viewer, the twist threw me. I was like, whoa, you know, cause it, again, it had you cheering for somebody who the entire time was the villain. And anytime a movie could do that, it makes you look at yourself and be like, wow. And, and it <laughs> like, makes you, you're, you're conflicted. it kind of makes you raise like a question mark. Like, do you really think she's the villain? Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, I don't know. Because I mean, even though you're living an underprivileged life, you don't. What you could have done was to try to leave with her, which would have been a problem because it would raise. It would have still gotten the point across. You a lot get of me? Question marks. Like, if she had left that room when they first interacted, if she had ran out of there with her, instead of being like, "I'm just gonna take your place and take everything that you have because I deserve to experience some of that," it wouldn't have created the um, negativity, the negative version of them trying to, you know, l- be seen. They would have probably gone back and been like, okay, where did you come from? And then if she could kind of lead them back there, all those tethers would have either been, I mean, brought to the top and wiped out, or <laughs> they would have to integrate them in some way into society because they'd be like, we can't leave these people down here, right? So it could have it led to the problem being fixed earlier in some way and she could have still had probably a, pe- a piece of the sweet life because who's to say they wouldn't just be like all right y'all are sisters now you know that's true i mean i don't disagree with you um but i, I i'm not gonna just completely shout out the fact that I, I don't think she's completely wrong i can see what she was trying to do and put in being put in a situation like that where you're just stuck down there and you have no life you have nothing and you can just i, I don't know if they can really see above them but they can kind of you know, they're doing what they're doing and you see an opportunity to live a life out there and you know it's kind of a difficult thing to make a decision and i do agree with you though like regardless she did make a bad decision and not trying to bring her with her or not try to do something maybe bring some light to it or something along those lines so i'm not going to give her a pass on that um but i'm not going to completely just be like nah you're like a complete bad guy for what you're doing i, I can see why you did it and because of that i'm not gonna completely knock you for it um well, that's, that's another sign of a good movie is it doesn't force you to completely pick a side. You saw the gray. You saw that there was gray there, you know? Yeah. And, and um, multiple people can have different opinions on that. And, and you can even make a case that what she did wasn't completely wrong. And the fact that you can do that and you can understand where she was coming from it does is a sign of a good movie. Yeah. I respect it. Again, I, I had the movie rated pretty highly. Um, before and it, it helped that for me so 
you know, rocked with it for sure. Oh, I mean, if, if you're um, out here giving it an eight point five, we're doing point fives. No, you give it a nine point five. I said I said nine to nine point five, didn't I? Or did I say eight point five? I, I think nine? you said uh, nine point five. Yeah, I gave it like a nine to nine point five in that range. Oh, if you're doing that. Okay, so you're gonna give it an eight point five to nine because you had a range. Yeah, I started off with eight, and then I jumped to nine, but I feel like nine is yeah. a little high. Nah, I'm going back to nine. I'm it's going back to nine. It's your, it's no, your no, rating. I'm going back to, it's your rating. I'm going back to nine just because of the creativity with it. I can't. Nah, it deserves nine. I take it back. Yeah, I think I think that that was a strong pull. Again, we're we're deep we're we're dive deep diving into like a lot of the themes and what he was trying to show and stuff. But if you look at it just like a top level movie. It moved very quickly, right? It didn't allow for much development outside of what he was trying to show you, right? Like even the friendship between um, Winston and and his friend, it didn't give much time for that to build. We didn't get to learn much more outside of the fact that there were friends about that family that died really quickly. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to know much more about how Red was able to fool everyone into thinking she was Adelaide the entire time, which I guess that's part of the the uh, the reasoning of them dropping tiny hints instead of like giving you a little bit more backstory. Yeah. Um, like it moved fast, and maybe that's why also it doesn't get the best rating. And, and I think but, that's one of the reasons why I, I was down at eight point five, and it's because everything we did go by fast. Um, there wasn't a lot of character development. I mean came to uh, Kitty and, and Josh, they kind of just got thrown in there, which I get what they were, what he was trying to do there. Um, but yeah, they were just kind of thrown into the movie with like not much care. They didn't have a really, you know, a nice scene at the end though. They, they died. <laughs> so it was funny. Um, but they kind of got thrown in there. You didn't really get to know a lot about Zora, Zora that much. Yeah. Um, even Gabe or Winston, um, you didn't really get to know a lot about him other than he just wanted to have all the things and he cared about things more than yeah. anything other than that though you didn't really get to know anything about them um so it kind of made you not really care about those characters as much in my opinion i didn't really care that, that's a fact i didn't really care too much if, if winston would have died i don't think i would have you know cared <laughs> I didn't, if zora would have died i don't think i would have cared that much um no they really didn't make me feel for and that, any of them and that may like not that. be what they were trying to go for i mean that might not be what jordan i mean obviously he's a very creative mind kind of guy he knows what he's doing so maybe if they added well, how long is the movie i think the movie was like an hour it was almost two hours um maybe if they made it like a yeah. two hour and like 15 minute movie maybe it would have been a little too much maybe um but i think his point was like you said he wasn't trying to get us to fall in love with the characters he was just trying to give you just enough. the topical level of what his story was going to be about yeah. right mm-hmm. He gave you a family of privilege, a black family of privilege, to, to, to take out the race too, because he could have made the whole movie with white, right? But he gave you a, back, a black family with enough money to have a vacation home. Um, Winston in his Howard sweatshirt, probably a Howard grad, right? So college-educated family um, with some money, vacation home, boat, um, still trying to compete with a different family with higher wealth, but they're not struggling in any way he gave he dropped you into that story and said i'm gonna show you how even at this level they still have to face quote unquote themselves and deal with the 
inequality storyline underneath which did you see the gem he dropped when he asked who are after jason said it's us and she gave her speech when they first interacted right and winston asked them who are you and they go we're americans again a call back to him trying to tell the story of underprivileged people in a country that belong to a country that has a lot of privilege but still being a part of that country that's kind of how i read it mm. but i like it great movie but i can see how people could poke holes in it and, and not give it the rating but for me personally it's a nine and a half there's only one thing i will say did you i'm trying to get you on one of these um did you notice their uniforms like the tethered yeah the red jumpsuit yeah what what about it like do you know anything about it or the glove no oh did i, no. did I get you on one did i find did i finally get you you did let's, you got me on one. let's go it's thriller <laughs> michael jack um yeah thriller <gasps> Brad is thriller <laughs> that's yeah. dope because he had on the red jacket mm-hmm. and the that's dope i, I didn't pick that might that be up. one of the only really things i noticed at first because i was like that looks so familiar where, where is that from and I remember I was my friends, my friends I was with afterwards when we got out of the movie. One of them was like, "Is that Thriller?" And then we pulled up the video and we saw that it was Thriller. Right, that is th- that is dope. I missed that completely. Ah, I got you on one though. I got you on one though. What's the symbolism of the gold scissors? Oh, obviously it's cutting the tether. But is there any other sim- symbolism? Um, I don't think so. There might oh, be, you don't know. Oh, you don't know. Okay, I thought you were trying to show me up again. I don't know. I was just, I was just saying, if you like have a theory, like my only theory about the scissors, obviously, is them cutting the tether. But I was wondering if there was any symbolism to it being gold and the shape of it. It's kind of an old school scissors. Maybe it's what they could find down there from previous experiments, right? Because it's not going to be any modern scissors down there. But I was wondering if there was any other symbolism. Also, how they acquired all this stuff without being noticed is also a big question mark to me. How do you get millions of scissors? How do you steal millions of scissors and jumpsuits without being noticed? What is, do you think it's anything? And I know they didn't like Amazon Prime it or anything, so how did that work? I wonder if that has anything to do with Edward Scissorhands. Maybe. Wonder. Or... But also, how did they get all those scissors? Yeah, that... that how did they get all those jumpsuits? Yeah, that part, I Huh? To that part, I have no idea. Like, tell me that, Jordan Peele. <laughs> I mean, with the scissors, I mean, I'm of... thinking about it. I mean, maybe... I don't know. The hands across America, how do you make that? You have to use scissors. I don't know. Because don't you have to cut out, like, the, like the figure? Yeah, like, but... Does that have something to do with it? I don't know. How did they get Well, that question, I have no idea. There. Okay, you didn't... That wasn't the question you asked. The question you asked was... Uh, was the symbolism of the scissors? Yeah. I'm off that now. Now you're moving on to the next one. I'm moving on to how did they get? Uh, that's a Jordan Peele question. How did they get all the you scissors? Might have to hit, you might yeah. have to hit up Jordan Peele on that one. I might have to DM him and be like, <laughs> "How did they get millions of pairs of scissors in this underground system without being noticed? And how did they get multiple sizes of red jumpsuits under there without being noticed? Because they got kid sizes, they got adult sizes, they got sizes that could fit Winston Duke, which is big, big adult sizes." How did you guys get all that equipment into the sewer system without one person being like, hey, it's a weird looking person crawling into the sewers. 
with 200 gold scissors and 300 thingies on his back? That's, a, that's honestly a, just a question. No, that's a good question. And there might be one of the reasons why IMDb is a little lower. I feel like I'm about, you know what, 8.5. You're knocking, you're knocking it to 8.5 because of that? 8.5. You can't tell me where all this you stuff. You can't came tell from. me Plot that hole. I'm about to have a higher rating. I know they planned it. I know they planned it for like ten years, right? So maybe they stole like a pair of scissors. But how, how do they make it? All, all of them look the same. Exactly. Who runs that business? Who lost millions of pairs of scissors and didn't get a sale on Ooh, them? You know, maybe. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I might be onto something. Hold on. I'm kind of dumb though. So I, okay. Come I'm on. Dumb, though, so I gotta take a second. All right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, well you, you know how like all the tunnels are connected, right? All across America. So maybe there's Correct. a there's a character somewhere that you know they're in charge of making scissors, and while they're making scissors, the tethered version was also make. Well, how do you get, how do you get the supplies? Though? That's the thing. Maybe they got. Maybe they made the scissors themselves. Again, maybe this experiment. I don't think they would have had enough scissors. And why would you give them scissors? Like. What do you mean? No, like, remember they abandoned the experiment, so they would have left all their supplies down there. Possibly. I don't think, like, if you move everything down there to create this lab and clone these people or whatever, you're not gonna think to, if it's a secret experiment, move all this stuff back out. Maybe they had the you know? scissors it's tough. to trim the rabbits, and then when they abandoned it... Maybe it was something like that, but I still don't think they would have had millions of pairs of scissors down there. Because I don't think there's that many scientists down there working on this now, does every They'd make it something pretty hush-hush. Is it confirmed that every single tethered person had scissors? Um, pretty much. I mean, was that confirmed? I think when they were preparing, they showed all of them setting up with their scissors. I mean, every person that got killed by their tethered was stabbed by scissors. Yeah. So, it'd be weird if it was like, okay, only the elite tethereds are going to get scissors, and then all y'all, like, second-tier tethereds, you guys have to use, like, a a thumbtack or something. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, luckily, I mean, I can call Jordan Peele up for you if you want. I kind of like that. I bet. You probably have connections. Okay. With all these movie reviews he do, he doesn't want you to flack one of his movies. I don't have movie, I just go on IMDb and give it a rating. I don't go on there and give it a slow. Yeah, you have hun- You have over a hundred. I've lived over a hundred years. You move the needle. You've you move the needle on the culture of movies. If you rate them, they'll be like, oh my goodness, this movie review gave us a six, and he has Project X as an eight. We need to do something. <laughs> Project X is not bad. I mean, this is the end. I'm not saying it's bad. I mean, I'm just saying. I, mean, I can look through right now. I don't see anything. Let me let me look at anything below an eight. See. <laughs> I don't think I have any big names down. Have you watched oh, the Matrix? Oh, I have Goodwill Hunting in the Sevens. <laughs> you said what? I have Goodwill Hunting in the Sevens. I have really? the Hateful Eight in the Sevens. That probably doesn't deserve to be there. Nah, the Hateful Eight is the one that was on Netflix, right? Yeah, that's the one with one of Quentin Tarantino's. Yeah, any Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't know. Like, like we talked about shoot. this though. Like my ratings are a little are, are different. Like I have a different criteria to it than, than other people. Like I have I have definitely movies in the sevens that quality wise and acting wise are probably above a Project X. I mean not probably definitely above a Project X. But like yeah, the But you're saying these movies are how they relate back to you. How so. like they how do I relate to them? How much do can I enjoy it? How much can how much was I invested in it? Um 
that feels something in the movie. Um, and when I felt in Project X, I mean, I did feel something for that movie. It was a, it was a, a dope movie. I mean, I, how can you? There was no, I never seen a depiction in a movie of a party just as good as that movie. So I feel like it deserved to get me a little bit of a bump because I've never seen a party movie like that. Gotcha. Like the only other movie I can. It made you feel like it's something you would want to do attend. You see what happened in the movie? Did you watch it? I watched it a little bit. It wasn't it a wild like party, but like it was crazy. You rated this movie how how long ago? Um, th- that was Young Matthew. I ain't gonna lie. Exactly. So like Young Matthew's probably like this is dope. I I turn up there. Probably. Maybe, maybe if I watched it now, it'd be down to like a maybe go down to like a seven, maybe a six. I don't know. All right. So we're talking about reviewing old movies and rewatching old movies. What's one you think we should review next for the podcast? Mm. Now I will say my AirPods are about to die. <laughs> so okay, yeah, that's what we. That's why I'm. That's why I'm closing us out. Um, and you letting everybody know that we. That I'm closing us out. But go ahead. What's one movie you think we should review next? Because I enjoyed this one. I think we should do this on a week to week basis if we can. Actually, we might have to talk about it. Um. I'm just like you said, an old movie, a movie that we've already maybe has already came out that we might have already watched. Yeah, that we could just rewatch and then drop another. I mean, we can do this is the end if that's what analysis. You, if that's what, like, I know you wanted to do that one because you. Yeah, okay. I think that'll be the next one because I gave it. I gave it an eight, and I'll go ahead. I'll you go ahead and an say eight, it now. And I think it's like a three. You think it's like a three? So me and you are on opposite spectrums. But this movie came uh, out in 2013, and I watched it yeah. Ill- not legally, but I watched it on 2000. I watched it in 2014 on YouTube because <laughs> somebody it downloaded it on there illegally. I didn't do the illegal part. And they did the illegal I part. I paid. I was I was a struggling um, young man with no job, and I asked my mom for money to go see this in theaters, and was heated that I did that. Actually, no, wrong. I had just started carpeting with this Brazilian guy that I knew. We were doing carpet work. And I did quite a bit of carpeting to one, buy a pair of Iversons, and two, pay for a ticket to go to this movie. And was highly disappointed that I, I spent mean, my like hard I said, money I mean, 2014, this. I was 14 years old. That would make me, I think, in middle school. <laughs> so, it's... This... It was hilarious because 2013, I just graduated high school. And man, you an old head. <laughs> I was not feeling it. Yeah, I was about to say, I, class of 2013, man. 10-year um, anniversary in a year. That's that's nuts. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, I think that would be an interesting movie to review because, I mean, we both have watched it. I mean, you both have complete opposite first impressions. And now we're both older. Um, we're both, yeah. you know, obviously different. Um, so... I, it's very possible that I'm gonna watch it, and it could end up being a ten. Maybe it could be like a five. And la- <laughs> Who knows? Okay. So it's confirmed. It's confirmed. The next one we're dropping, hopefully in a week, because I'm not making any more promises on this podcast stuff. Because every time I do, I failed to to provide on the that promise. Was on you too. I say I'm gonna be more consistent. Last I know. That was on you. I, I decide I'm gonna be more consistent. It's been 23 days. Actually, no lies. Posted a podcast today, but before that, it was 23 days before that. But, you know, now we're going to get on a bit of a schedule. We're going to drop some more movie ones. Not going to give y'all exact timelines, but I want it to be Movie Review Tuesdays. Um, meaning, I will be posting it on Tuesday, every Tuesday. Said so I'm not going to make no promises, but you, I'm just going to go for it. You just kind of went for it. If, right if, I like it. I like it. I just kind of went for it while I was doing it. But if everything goes according to plan, we will have 
this is the end next Tuesday. Posted, not meaning we're recording it on Tuesday. You guys don't need it in the background, but this is the end review and analysis next Tuesday. See if we could get Matt's mind changed, seeing that he gave that movie an eight at 14 years old. Um, and I was an adult and thought I wasted my money and I gave it a three. So we'll see who's on the right side of the spectrum. I think it's me. I mean, we'll see. I mean, there is no right side of the spectrum. In, in this case, there is. I, I don't know about that. This, th- th- there is no in-between. This movie is either good or I, bad. Look, There's no... It, it, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I don't want to say my opinions now. I'll try to hold on to my feeling now and as like a 14-year-old and try to compare that to how I feel after I watch it again. So I can kind of go into okay, it and be like, and so I can go into it and be like, look, this is what I first thought. Now I think it's Cheeks. <laughs> I, I'm... I'm down for that. I'm down for I'm down for that. But I don't think I'm gonna get any older and more mature and be like, oh yeah, now I see the meaning behind it. I oh, think no, I'm gonna I give it a if, two. I this think time. if you gave it a three, I think you're probably going down like a two. I might you might even hit the one range if that's what you're giving it. I might hit the ones, and I don't want to hit the ones because it has a bunch of stars in I've it. I've never given but a movie. I might a one. hit the ones, but I haven't seen like do to movies like that. Like, hey. Well, you're about to rewatch a doodle one. <laughs> I mean, IMDb week. got it at six point so, six. We'll see. So obviously, people I don't, don't hate it. Care about IMDb ratings? <laughs> I don't. I'm just saying. So you're telling you me that you know you're what? telling me that all of you're the IMDb rant people are wrong. Ninety percent of them, if they gave it a six or higher, it's four hundred and two thousand so. people. You're telling me that they're all wrong because they rated it a six point six. Correct. <laughs> got it. Correct for that movie. Correct. Um, but again, maybe my expectations were too high. Um, maybe I wasn't seeing a, it as what it was supposed how, to be. So I'm going to watch it with new eyes. How would you go into this movie with high expectations? It's literally a Seth Rogen movie. With James Franco and Joe Because Nenny. I went into Pineapple Express with high expectations and I love that movie. What'd you get Pineapple Express? I don't have a direct rating off the top of my head, but I know it's, I rate it higher than, um, This is the End by a lot. Probably like a seven or a seven and a half. It was a great comedy, in my opinion, but yeah, again, that's when I would also have to rewatch. But I'm, I'm not, my mind's not changing on this is the end, at least until I rewatch. Watch you, watch you love it. it watch, you, watch you turn it into a ten. That would be quite the twist, but we will see. Um, I don't know, Matt. Maybe you'll decide to do more podcasts with me, and maybe some with the boys if you feel like it. I know you're a sports fan as well, Steeler fan. Um, yes, shout sir. out to Ben. Um, Ben's and quarter, we can man. get on here and talk some fantasy too as you're getting more into fantasy as well I know you joined another league probably going to join some more over the, the off season as well um, so he's here for the movie reviews but he might expand he might expand his horizon a little bit so see you all the way you know why not yeah, well, hey, we finna, we finna well, go to the Super Bowl I wish you, I wish you the best um, thank you again for coming on um, first of many movie reviews I uh, got a lot planned on the YouTube side where that's concerned as well, but I'm not going to drop any nuggets there because that'll be a little bit more of a wait. But want to thank y'all for tuning in. Want to thank Matt again for hopping on, and us 8.5, according to Matt, 8.5 to nine, right? Well, I'm, I'm right. gonna go with nine, y'all. You gonna go with nine? Okay, so Matt nine, and I took a point away because of plot holes. Thank y'all again for listening, and we're out. Appreciate you.